Climate and Sustainability with Kevin James. And good afternoon to you, Kevin James. Are you good? Very good, Ernest, and good afternoon to you and all the listeners. Yeah, but, uh, as we said earlier, uh, we spoke before about vehicles running on biogas uh, as an alternative to petrol and diesel. But last month, uh, Ginico was the uh, first company in the UK to run buses on biogas generated from food and sewage waste. Uh, sounds interesting. Indeed, Ernest. So I suppose one man's waste is another man's bus fuel, and they're calling it the poo-powered bus. Okay. Zinico's new bus, bio, um, bio bus, is powered by gas and is generated by the treatment of sewage and food waste. So it follows a global trend, and uh, we have been discussing it on the show, where public transport systems are moving towards greener forms of power. Buses in South Korea and the UK, for example, being powered from electricity from underneath the road surface. And this is just another example. The bio bus is... Um, produces fewer emissions than traditional diesel engines. It's also locally sourced, obviously, and gas-powered transport is improving the air quality in the UK, which is another big, big issue when it comes to uh, fossil fuel-driven vehicles. But the biobus is actually powered by people living in the local area. It's including quite possibly those that are actually traveling on the bus itself. And in fact, uh, when I saw a picture of the bus, the graphics are quite amusing because below the windows are graphics of people actually sitting on toilets, so it's quite funny. Genico, the owners of the buses are, and the energy systems, let's say the biomethane is produced at Bristol Sewage Treatment Works, around 75 million cubic meters of sewage waste and 35,000 tons of food waste are processed, processed via what we call anaerobic digestion. This is something that's becoming increasingly popular. We're doing it at GCX for many, many clients right now and creating and converting waste into energy and all types of, uh, of fertilizers. This uses microorganisms to break down the waste, produces about 17 million cubic meters of biomethane per year to run these buses. So using biomethane in this way not only provides a sustainable fuel, but also reduces reliance on obviously on fossil fuels and gives each bio bus a range of 300 kilometers on a full tank of gas. So to put it in another way, it could transport people from one side of Great Britain to the other on waste generated from exactly one busload of passengers for a year. Once again, that demonstrates that human poo together with waste foods are valuable resources, actually, and food which is unsustainable, unsuitable for human consumption can actually be processed through anaerobic digestion into green gas and nutrient-rich biofertilizers, which are then put back onto the fields for agriculture and not wasted in landfills or incinerators. So, Ernest, the big drive in, in sustainability these days is, is, is really about embracing what we call the circular economy, which really we reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink, and all these reasons is not just a catchy phrase, but a philosophy where all waste is leveraged to maximize economic value and to minimize economic um, environmental impact, sorry. And this is yet just another perfect and successful example. This is really something that companies in South Africa should be looking at as well. Well, let's all get on board the poo bars, as it were. <laughs> uh, now, now, Kevin, yesterday we asked people uh, whether they would uh, be prepared to cut down on eating meat during the festive season. Now, some interesting responses, but there seems to be other compelling reasons why we should reduce our meat and dairy intake. Isn't that just uh, true? Yes, so I actually uh, listened in yesterday and heard the, the, the listeners' response. Not many people willing to give up uh, eating meat, and I, I can understand why, I suppose. 
a documentary that was at the lobby a couple of weeks ago called Cowspiracy, highlighting the destructive impact of the industrial production and mass consumption of meat, fish, and dairy products on the environment, on the environment and why more people aren't really aware of it is what was focused on. So large-scale industrial animal agriculture is really the number one cause for most environmental issues, Ernest. Deforestation, greenhouse gas emissions, water depletion and pollution, species extinction, ocean dead zones, habitat destruction, you name it, uh, the centralized agriculture is causing it. So here are a couple of the facts to put things in perspective. The factory meat and dairy industries combined emits about 18% of total annual global greenhouse gases. They use 29% of all fresh water consumed on a daily basis. It takes about 2,500 liters of water just to produce one hamburger, if you take into consideration the entire value chain of producing um, a burger. Livestock farming is responsible for 91% of all Amazon deforestation, and it covers about 30% of the Earth's entire land surface. So three-quarters of the world's fisheries are also overexploited. So these are really damning statistics, Ernest. These statistics are shocking, and they really show a general ignorance about it. Uh, most legislators exclude agriculture when it comes to managing greenhouse gases, but there are very viable ways of reducing greenhouse gas from agriculture. We just need to adjust the way we do things. The real problem, however, is that we have 7 billion people on this planet. We'll be 14 billion in 17 years time. Mm. People who are demanding more and more meat. Currently, as I said, 35% of all land on earth is used for livestock farming. Even if we improve the way we manage our agriculture and do it more sustainably, we wouldn't have enough land to meet the demand, let alone the huge amounts of water for yeah. irrigation. Emissions from chemical fertilizers they use to grow the grain that feed the cows, the water to, for the animals to drink, and the methane emissions from obviously what we call enteric fermentation, which is really passing wind. And the transport emissions, etc., etc. It's just unsustainable for many reasons, even some not listed yet. But it's really hard to tell a species, mm -hmm. human species, who have been really raised on meat and dairy to break lifelong eating habits. Hey, I, I put up my hand too. It's not easy because they say the taste of the steak, um, it's the steak and the taste of it is not the deforestation that people are really um, thinking about. So what can we do about it, Ernest? I suppose um, we need to be more aware and acknowledge that the way we currently produce and consume food is one of the more significant threats to our planet. And then we need to start, I suppose, just small steps with Meat-Free Mondays, a fantastic drive to mm -hmm. actually limit eating meat on Mondays. And then, you know, we're going into the festive season. Let's think a little bit more carefully rather than having a, a braai for lunch and, and dinner every single day during the next month. Okay. So, yeah, making more sustainable choices. Okay, Kevin, way out of time, but uh, invaluable insights. As always, we'll chat again next Wednesday. You're still around, eh? Yes, absolutely. Take care, Ernest. All right, fantastic. Kevin James for G from GCX Africa.